0: Welcome, Teacher Sellers, to the Grow with Angie and April podcast. Angie and April are two full-time teachers pay teacher sellers who chat with each other daily about their businesses. They're opening up their conversations to help you grow your teacher store. Are you ready to listen in? Here we go.
1: Hey, Teacher Sellers. Today, we're talking about goals, specifically what we do when we set a goal and don't meet it or when our sales drop. We've got our tips to share, plus other tips from our Facebook group. And you can join us there at growwithusmastermind.com. As always, you can find the show notes at com slash episode 16. Hey, Angie. Hey. So I think we should warn people in case the audio ends up being terrible. We're very, very sorry if the audio quality is our usual quality. The site that we use to record normally is having some issues this morning and we didn't want to prevent this episode from coming out. So if there, if our audio doesn't sound nice, and that's why, if it does sound nice, then just ignore this. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. And this is a little nervous about sharing in this episode because I think it's something that we don't talk about enough because we want people to think that we're really awesome sellers and we always are successful and everything always goes our way. But unfortunately, in the last couple of years, we've missed goals. We've failed. We've had resources that totally flopped. And sometimes we've seen drops in sales. So we're going to talk about that today in hopes of helping people who are maybe a little bit worried about their stores or hard on themselves over not meeting goals.
0: Yeah. And that it happens to the best of us because I know when I'm not meeting a goal or something and I talk to April, I feel like so much better at least being able to talk to somebody about it. And so not talking about it just makes me go crazy. Like I'm doing something wrong that's causing it. But sometimes when I talk to to you about it and uh, you're like experiencing some of the same things that I'm like, okay, I feel better.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like every time, like one of our sales days is down, like you look at last year and it was like double what you know we are doing. We always message each other, like, do your sales suck today too? And it's nice to hear someone else say, yeah, my sales suck today too. Especially because I feel like the dashboard is, is, even though it's lining up with the days, I feel like it's not following the same pattern this year, and so that's making me a little nervous. You know, you always want your day currently to be equal to or more than what your day was last year, but that's just not happening every day, and so that's when we like message each other and I feel better that it's not just like it's it's not just a bad omen and my business is failing. It's just some sort of different pattern that teachers are buying in.
0: Yeah. And I think as like so many of us are perfectionists and we want everything to go according to our plan, it's hard when things don't go according to your plan. That's why we thought we'd do this episode to kind of focus on some things that you can do or some things to focus on besides just those sales goals.
1: Yeah. And maybe try to take the pressure off of some people, (laughs) including us. Yeah. We We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make sure that you know we're always meeting our goals. Our sales are always up. We just, you know, we feel this this intense failure when things aren't going well in our business. And sometimes that's really hard. And I don't think we talk about it enough. So hopefully this will help some of you out there who all you see is people saying my sales are awesome. I grow every day. I've grown every month. Um, you just need to like do a Facebook ad, or you just need to do a promoted pin. That's why your sales suck. Things like that. Like. There really isn't a good fix. Like, there, we'll talk about some ways to to help your sales, but I feel like sometimes there's just like an ebb and flow, and and your business just doesn't do as good as it used to. But then it comes back, and it's just we just need to give ourselves a break. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. Yeah. So, and I remember when when you talked about during this episode, I was trying to think of a time when my sales dropped because consistently this year my sales have gone up even though it ha- they haven't gone up in the way that i wanted them to during back to school last and i was trying to think i was like okay i know that i've had sales dips before because i know a lot of people are experiencing like sales dips from last year and the year before and i was remembering that when i had the twins that was june 2 years ago and i You know, was really focused on them. And I was still working on TPT stuff. In fact, I created like a whole product the first month, like a whole product line the first month, but I wasn't doing as much as I used to. And then like the following January was the first month where my sales were less than they were the year before. And that's when I was like, okay, I was letting things go. Like I wasn't scheduling my stuff in Tailwind for for Pinterest. And I think that was hurting me. Like that drop really made me nervous, and I had to really reevaluate stuff. So, uh,
0: and I think that's a really important point because you took break or what June, July, and it wasn't until January that you saw that dip. And that's the yeah. that's another hard thing for us is because it takes months to like something you're not doing now could be, affect you in six months, or something you are doing now could be the reason you have a really awesome month in six months or whatever. So that it kind of makes it hard to pinpoint what you're doing that's working. It's just all about, I think, being consistent in the things that you are doing so that you can keep um, moving forward.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good point. Like Everything in this business needs momentum. So if you know, your sales drop like mine did in that January and you are like, okay, I'm going to master Facebook advertising and that'll bring me back immediately. And then like you do a Facebook ad and the next week you don't see your sales grow. And then you give up. Like that's something that um, I see happening a lot when people are like, my sales are down. I don't know what to do. And unfortunately, like there's no quick fix. Like you said, you have to be really consistent. And advertising isn't always the answer. Sometimes it's maybe you need to blog more. For me, when that happened, I did a lot of things. Like I did a lot of thinking. And I remember there was one night I was like up all night (laughs) thinking about like, what do I need to do to bring this back to make sure that my sales don't dip the next month? And it was a lot of like getting my tailwind back in order to make sure my pins were out. I redid a lot of product covers. I took a look at specific products to see like which products weren't doing as well as last year. There was really a lot that I started looking at, but mostly it's because I, that month I was like, I'm not going to let this go any longer. And I started getting back into my consistent work. And then by like March or April of that year, I was starting to see my sales come back, but it took time.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it definitely takes time and, and you have to, when you do see a dip or something, I know that we don't totally focus on sales, but that when we do see a dip, we want to figure out what it is and, and what we can do to at least make it go back to where it was. And, and I think we just have to focus on the things that we can control, just like the blogging and the posting consistently on social media and the tailwind and, and getting that stuff more consistent. And that'll definitely... That definitely help you in the long run.
1: Right. Yeah. And we had some good points um, from people in the group had shared some really good ideas for what to do when you have a drop in sales. And so I see like one of the things you put is possibly you had an ad last year that was doing really good, but isn't doing as good this year. And that resonated with me because when the whole Pinterest one tap thing happened and (laughs) they changed the the way that the one-tap ads work. And if you haven't listened to any of their episodes where we griped forever about it, <laughs> um, it, the way it works is that the way it worked before is when they click the pin, the pin opens in that little close-up pop-up thing. And then if they click, they're like, oh, I want to see this. They clicked through, then you paid for that click. So we were getting a lot of really good traffic people who really wanted to go to the Teachers Big Teachers website to buy that product or at least look at it, maybe wish list it. But now what happens is it loads the PIN and it loads the TPT website in the background. And so you get charged even if they don't, um, they have to like scroll up. So you get, you get charged even if you don't, they're not necessarily of the highest quality leads. And so that happening, when I calculated it and made it go from, I was getting like 10 to 15 cents really high quality leads to my TPT store. And now I'm getting, was getting way more traffic with the new one tap experience, but it was ending up costing me like 40 or 50 cents a click when you really thought of like how many people are making it through. And I had to like test on my website to figure that out. But like that made a big difference in my back to school. And like my back to school grew a little bit, but not what I expected it to grow and so advertising, a big advertising change, like that was the reason why. And I have been stressing about it and trying everything on on one tap and trying Facebook ads and like trying to bring it back, all that growth <laughs> that I lost from that that change in promoted pins and I've put a lot of pressure on myself and I just can't let it go. (laughs) That's a problem.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the thing. A lot of times when you do check the data, like you can figure out why maybe there was that decline. Like the one tap ads explains back to school, not being as big of a growth as we thought it would be. Sometimes you have a pin that goes viral one year and doesn't go viral the next year. You know, you have to look at all of those different components and that can really be a big indicator of why something might've happened. And then once you figure it out, I personally need to like try to figure it out if I can. And then I know I can move on from that. And I just try to like with one tap, I would just, you know, put my ad money somewhere else and I try different things, you know? So I didn't see the increase like I thought I would.
1: Yeah. and And I think it's crazy. We've talked about this before. It's crazy to like look at what our sales are And then even though they grew from last year's back to school, and we are very, very grateful for what we're making, because when you really think about it, it's incredible. We're also really hard on ourselves. Like, hey, I set this goal for back to school because, you know, earlier in the year, I was seeing like 50% or 100% growth. But then back to school, I'm only seeing like 20% growth. That's something you shouldn't complain about. But we put so much pressure on ourselves that even though we improved, not meeting that goal was really depressing. And so I think you're like you're right doing a lot of different trying new advertising and and checking the data and seeing where the issue is is really important but we I think sometimes we also have to give ourselves a pass because if our store is growing it's good even if it's not growing at the rate we expected.
0: Exactly. I definitely agree with that and and that's why I try to I try to take that focus off of the one tap and whatever was going on over there. And I try to say, okay, what can I control in my business? What can I do to push myself forward without relying on anything else? And that's why I made blogging and email my goal for this school year because I know that I can control that. I know I can learn more about email. I know there's tons of stuff I can learn and and make that more efficient. And I can also blog more. And I'm trying to blog at least once a week and hopefully at least once every other week. But I want to get more blog posts out there. And I know that's something that I can do without any other outside anything else getting in the way.
1: Yeah. And something I really got from Jennifer Finley when we had her on last episode was that if you consistently give teachers value, whether it's through an email list or social media or blog, whatever you're really good at, if you're consistently giving teachers value, they're going to buy your stuff. And so that was a good reminder to me of I've been focusing a lot on advertising and what's working and what's not working and giving myself a hard time over that and when i really looked at it i thought you know if i go from the the vantage point of okay i'm going to focus instead of focusing my advertising on sales i'm going to focus on what can i do to give teachers value and i think when i switched that kind of at the beginning kind of like the middle of september i started to see a little more increase in sales because i think what was happening is I, that was my original intent or the the way i ran my business before and i got so focused on the advertising that Some of that, the blogging and social media kind of fell on the wayside. So I definitely think that blogging is a really good way to help bring your sales up and feature your resources, and um, definitely like have the soft sell in there. So that's going to be one of my goals too. I had let it go for a little bit, but I'm hoping to do a blog post every week and an email to each of my segments every week. So I've got I think I've got like four emails scheduled each week but to different segments specifically for what they're looking for. And I'm just going to provide value, but the great thing about blogging is that when they go to your blog to get value, to get like a free resource or to get ideas, you have things on there that they can purchase. There are links to purchase and and things like that. And sometimes you're highlighting a resource. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to be doing advertising and stuff, but I think that the blogging is is really a good idea to help your like a drop in sales because you're getting your products back out there, but not in a in a super salesy way.
0: Yeah. And even like just I moved and I moved my ad money over to Facebook then. And I was struggling with Facebook this back to school season too. Like my ads that were doing awesome last back to school season. I turned them back on and they are charged differently now and things are different about them. And they were way more cost per click this year. So that's, why I was like, I can't even, I was spending so much time trying to figure out what I was doing wrong there that I could have been, you know, being more helpful to teachers and writing a blog post and, you know, right. um, putting that soft sell in there. And and really my blog posts that I have written have done pretty well. And, and so I can see that, the benefits to, to doing that for teachers too. And I can see their excitement when you give them like a little freebie or, you know, you're giving them content that they can use in their classrooms. And then they do remember you. I know that when I was in the classroom, some of my favorite bloggers, I definitely went and looked in their stores because I'm like, well, if they have this awesome content that they're just giving me away, can you imagine what they're giving away and charging for, you know, and and exactly. have my stores,
1: so. Yeah, I definitely think that that blogging is a really good way to get your sales back up and get your name back out there. And the great thing about that is it's free. So like if if you are like before I would tell people, okay, your sales are down, do a promoted pin. But now I've kind of changed that a bit. Now I think, you know, there's a lot more that you can do. Blogging is is one thing and that's free, which is awesome. I think to um, also looking at particular products has really helped me. And so when I did see that sales decline a couple of years ago, what I did is I went back and I was like, okay, January is the month when it's down. So I'm going to look at my January resources and see like which resource has an issue. And so I went and I figured out which resource it was. And something I realized was the covers, photos needed to be redone. I needed a better preview. I needed to update the description. I needed it to seem really relevant. Because what happened in January was there was only one resource that sold really, really well for me in January. And then a lot of little small ones that sold, you know, less than like a couple hundred dollars. And so that resource was the one that was slipping. So what I did is I, first of all, finished it off because it was a product line that was missing a resource, finished it off, made it into a bundle. I converted it to digital. Like I did a bunch of, I redid the cover photos. Like I really focused on that month's product and I think that really helped. That was a product that was really good for January and February. So February sales were kind of even with the February before and then March, I started seeing things come back. So modifying and and making better that one really popular product in my store for that month really helped. And I've had really good January since, so I'm still seeing the results of putting in that effort.
0: Exactly. You know, those those ones that are a majority of your sales for that particular month, you definitely don't want to see those declines on those. And no, and, and then there's, you just took some simple things and, and beefed it up. And now it's a great resource again. You know, I've seen some of the same similar things. And, and always remember too, what you're adding to your store throughout the year, because last year I was adding, it, it became a very popular product line. So it looked, I increased from that previous, previous year a lot more because it was a popular product line. And now I'm not introducing a popular product line this year as much. And so like the increase isn't as much. And I have to remember that, you know, I have to think back and like, okay, well, this is what I did last year. And now that makes sense for why this is happening. And then I feel a little better about it. At least if I can figure out why I can usually just, you know, brush it off and move forward and figure out a way to to make it better.
1: Yeah, and sometimes you're like, okay, my sales are less than last year. You know, my store is doing terribly. I need to market something. When when sometimes it's just one or two products or a product line that did really really well and and it's not doing as well. And you really need to think, okay, is this product line still relevant? Does it just need a big touch up? Is there was I marketing it last year? That's something too. Is you know, I had a lot of ads going last back to school that were doing really, really well. And so those product lines slipped a little bit. And even though I have new product lines that made up for it this, this year, I did not see the growth that I wanted to because I had a, those drop. And so the new products I made, made kind of made up for that drop, but they didn't quite give me that boost that I expected. And something really interesting that I noticed when I looked in my dashboard because i was i was looking at the end of the year because the end of the year was getting i was getting a lot of traffic to my store even more than back to school which blew my mind and so i looked and it said and i had a lot of traffic from tpt emails and so i was looking at that in the dashboard thinking okay tpt emails what could that be and then i was like oh i was releasing a really popular end of the year product for test prep every single week and when the tpt emails go out saying hey here's a new product i have like I don't even know how many followers I have in TPT, like 12 or 13,000. I don't know. So my resources are going out to all those people and they're really interested in it, So they're clicking. So that was part of it. Why I, I didn't do as good at, during back to school is because I wasn't releasing new products.
0: That's interesting. I never thought of that.
1: Yeah. Like the TPT emails was like the the third thing in my dashboard. <laughs> that's crazy right and that was yeah it. that
0: is crazy so that <laughs> I didn't think I never thought about those emails being the TPT emails I kind of always just assumed those were all from you know being in the newsletter or whatever but you're right I think it's
1: all of them it's all of them and that would make total sense and sometimes they send you an email and they're like hey we featured you because they're they're doing um, emails like suggestions for teachers what should they, they should buy based off of their browsing history so occasionally I get an email that says, Hey, uh, we set emails out and your these two products were featured. I think it's called a trend email or something. And yeah. it's just, I just like, it's, they're not, GPT isn't like picking me special. It's an automated thing. Like they look at what th- teachers are individually searching for and they get a customized email. Kind of like when you log into the website and on the bottom, it has suggested resources for you. So those, I was getting a lot of traffic from those too, I think, because I had some really popular products at the end of the year. So it is, a lot of it is like, you have to remember if you're not getting a boost that you got last year, then the sales might be down for that. But sometimes you do just need to redo a product. Like you have to just admit to yourself that it's not as good as it looks. And um, sometimes like some of your stuff just needs to be redesigned. Like sometimes I look at people's stores that are struggling and they're, they're adding new resources and the new resources look great, but their most popular resources need a refresh, at least, at least in the cover and the description. So, and that's a pretty easy fix. And
0: I feel like there's always something you could add to them. Like my, one of my very first resource lines, you know, it does well and I just let it go. And the other day I was sitting down to make another game that fit into that line. And I was thinking about, I'm like, well, I could add this for them and I could add this. And I took things that I had on my blog and I kind of just beefed it up. And I thought about all the things that people complained about or kind of suggested as possible issues with the the resource. And I kind of thought about how can I meet what they want from this resource. So I did, and it went from like a 13 page resource to a 36 page resource. So now, you know, now I'm going to go back and fix all of them in the product line. And I really think that's just going to help them. And I'm, I'm not really raising the price on it because it really was priced for what it was. And I just kind of duplicated things and made it better. But I just think having all those extra pages, or I put accountability pages and all this other stuff, and I just think it's going to help them whether they use it or not. And it's going to help me make that product even better.
1: Yeah, and something I've noticed too is when I refresh a product, I do feel like it sells better for a couple of reasons. Number one, teachers are more happy with it, so leaving good feedback. But also number two, I'm focusing on it. And so I feel like then I end up like letting letting more people know that it exists because I because I'm now passionate about it again because I added to it and I know it's amazing now. And so I'm looking at some of my products. That are older and sold really well in the past years, but I just haven't even shared them with people. I haven't done a blog post on them recently. I haven't shared my email list because I'm not really passionate about them anymore. Like, you know, I have newer and better things, I think. And um, so I think when you refresh a product, that's the good thing too, is you refresh it in your mind. And so you're starting to really promote it more. Uh, so that's another thing too, and I like that you're not raising the price. Sometimes I do refresh a product and I raise the price a little bit, and that kind of helps with sales. Uh, but if you're like, if, if it was priced properly for that, then I think that's a good call.
0: Yeah, it was. It, you know, it's just uh, something they can use as a center, and it's just I think it was a good price before, and I just should have added these things a long time ago, and. And now I'm just kind of completing what I feel is like the resource now. So I feel like those things should have been included all along and I just wasn't. So, you know, now I feel so much better about them. And now I can showcase different parts of that resource now too. Not just like, okay, well, this is what it is. You get this. Now I can say, well, you can use this part of it for this. I can, you know, do all kinds of different things with it. And it gives me more photos and more opportunities to share it with my um, followers and all of that. So, I yeah, think the, photo, the photo yeah.
1: thing is a good point because when I made some of these resources, like you took a quick cell phone picture, which I can't even find because it's been like four or five years. And then, like when I do my new products, like we, I take a variety of of images. Like I probably have like twenty images for each product, which me- gives me a lot of social media stuff. If I, you know, put the effort. Exactly, in I think yeah.
0: that's really important. Not being yeah. in the classroom, like, and I do that with my blog posts too. Like, I might not even put all of those photos into my blog post, but I take so just many different photos just so I have stuff to share, and I might share it in you know a variety of different ways.
1: Yeah. My best seller of all time is like a $5 resource. Like it, but it, it's a great resource and it's really, I feel like really valuable in the classroom and there's nothing else like it. It's been redone three times. And even though it's been redone three times, every time I redid it, I took the worst picture ever. So I finally, <laughs> this last time I, cause I think I had originally I had done it and it was like you said, like, like, 12 or 13 pages. And it didn't include like the teacher directions or any extra, it was just like the student pages. And then, so I redid, I added the teacher directions and then I redid it again to add some new parts. Cause I thought, I still thought, okay, this is way too quick of an activity to charge $5 for. So then I re I added some new things in there. And I also added not just common core, but Texas standards, um, because it was, it's financial literacy and they have they have a really big financial literacy focus and a lot. And I had a lot of comments saying, Hey, is this aligned to text? And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's going to (laughs) be. So then after I redid the last time, I finally got everything printed out, made it look nice, had my photographer take really nice pictures of it. And I have a bunch of pictures of it and they look so much better than what I can do because my pictures are terrible. And it continues to still be consistent in sales. Um, even though it was probably like my third product that I had uploaded ever, if you can believe it. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. My first two were task cards and I just, I just deactivated those last night, by the way, (laughs) because they're all (laughs) horrible. And I don't know why they were still in my store. They were dollar 50 in there. Like in Microsoft Word, there's no chance I'm even gonna it's even worth it to move them over because it's stuff that there's like a hundred people sell task cards for them. And it's just not it's just not unique enough for me to put my time into. But my third product ever was really, really good. And I just kept beefing it up and it sells still to this day. And it sells a it sells a bundle that's almost a fifty dollar bundle. So if people really like it, they come back and buy that bundle. Like it so it really yes. is worth the time to When you find resources like that, that people are like, wow, this is so unique. This helps me. And I can't find anything else like this on TBT. Like, you need to continue to go back and beef it up and and market it because those are like the winners.
0: Yeah, you just want more people to be able to look at it and say, oh, okay, this is exactly for me. Like, this is what the resource that I I need. need. You know, you have in there everything that they could possibly think of to use. You made it look nice. You, you know, you designed it. Cleanly, and you have a nice cover photo, and all that, you know, that's and I think it's important to mention, like, I mean, that you said about how it's in a bundle. Then, you know, I think that's really key because, especially if you have a lot of resource lines, like you have that one resource, they might buy one piece of that bundle. You want them to love that so much that they come back and they want to buy more, or that they want to buy your bundle. So, you want it to be perfect every single one of the products in that, that line. So that no matter which one they purchase, they know they're all going to be the same.
1: Exactly. And it's hard too, because sometimes in a product line, like I've had a year or two years in between like the first resource and the last resource, because sometimes you get a little off track. And so there are a couple that I still know that I need to go back and, and make better but that data is really good to look at your dashboard and say, okay, which one is slipping and which one did I really make a lot of money from last year? Why did I make that money from it? And how can I get that back? I think that is really, really helpful because if, and that's the thing too, is if you're looking and, and all your products are slipping, then you have something bigger to worry about. Um, yeah, But if it's, it might just be certain products and, I think something that that we are really dealing with right now is back to school used to be the whoa in our business. Like the, yes, the best, best time of the year. Like this is our best sales. Like we sell and but it flip-flopped for us last year. It was the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And so now we're setting these goals based off of what happened in like February, March, April, May, when we had, cause we have... We have more activities that are really good for review and also um, really good for the end of the year when teachers have more time to do things that aren't necessarily like direct instruction. And so because of that, it, we kind of flip-flopped where the end of the year is better than our back to school. And then we set these goals based off of how we did at the end of the school year. Because I think like in May, my store grew like 200%, and, which is nuts. And then I'm like, okay, in August, here's my goal. And that goal was not attainable whatsoever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and my store grew about 15 to 20%, which is awesome. Like I'm super grateful for that. But I was down on myself the whole time because I had set in my mind that my goal was going to be this. And it wasn't because I, I had a new product line for back to school, but it wasn't didn't take off as much as I was hoping and it did, it did well, but it it didn't do as crazy well as I thought it would do. So like, yeah,
0: definitely Like, like, failure. yeah, look month compare, always compare from the month you're in to the month that previous year, the same month, because yeah, we, we looked at, you know, okay, we're on this upward trend and then you know, back to school came and it wasn't exactly what we thought. And so that's okay because when it wasn't exactly what I thought, I readjusted my goals and I tried to think about what I could do on my end to make it as good as I could possibly make it. And I really tried to also focus on not just the one month, but like I looked at the whole quarter instead of just focusing on one month at a time or, or look at the whole year and, you know, compare it to the year before. And, and usually when you look at at least a quarter, it's, it actually looks a lot better than, you know, cause the ups and downs, you can think about things that are happening in the teaching climate can affect, you know, what we're doing. So, you know, you can't always control everything and you just kind of, kind of think, okay, this, this could be from this, this or this, but I'm going to do what I can and move on and try to, try to be the best that I could be.
1: Absolutely. And I I think it's really hard. We're really hard on ourselves and we feel like we fail if we don't grow or we don't meet the goal that we set. And like last last month, I did not meet my monthly goal. The month before, I wasn't going to meet it, but I was close enough and I sent out an email and did like a promotion and that helped me hit my goal just barely. But this last month came so fast that I didn't really get a chance to look and see if I met my goal. And I was Pretty far away from it, and I just felt like a lot of failure, and I had to step away. I actually, took a couple of days off because I I was feeling a failure, which nobody should ever do when you have a thriving business like this. But I think that's part of why we really want to do this episode was to tell people to stop being so hard on themselves because even if you don't meet the goal that you set your store isn't failing your store is doing awesome and and so much better than like you could even imagine but we set these goals in our mind and then we just feel like failures and then we're we're working our butts off trying to get it back and we just don't give ourselves a break
0: and i think especially doing tpt full-time we are extra hard on ourselves because this, this, this is our our income now like you know we we are relying on this and uh and I, I think it's a good thing that we're tough on ourselves because it keeps me working. It keeps me from like you know always not taking the day off or taking a nap every day or anything like and that. Going to like, Target every yeah. I mean, like I would like to go to Target every day, but I like, keep it till once a week. But
1: you know, <laughs> I try to keep it good just twice in a, week. a way.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> good in a way because at least you know you have to sort of have give yourself some accountability because you want to make sure that you're still moving forward with what you're doing. I think the number one thing that has been helping my business is having an accountability part partner with April and like being able to run ideas up against each other. And, and, you know, kind of like we use our content calendar and I like think of that as like, okay, that's, that's my boss telling me what I have to do today. And, (laughs) and I am hard on myself if I don't, finish what I want it to finish, but it also pushes me to get more done than maybe if I was like, Oh, I don't really feel like it today, but I kind of tell myself, okay, this is my job. Like um, the boss wants me to get this done and I try to get it done. And and that really helps me.
1: I feel the same way. Like, uh, first of all, having someone you can be totally honest with is so important. Like you don't, I don't feel like with you, I have to be like, Oh yeah, my sales are awesome all the time. I feel like I can tell you that like, I had a bad sales day or one of my products sucks or I could just tell you that I fail and I feel like I'm not going to hear like, oh, well, I'm doing great. Like I know (laughs) you're going to be like, oh, I know it's so frustrating. You know, I know that I can have that conversation. Whereas I wouldn't necessarily share online that I was failing at something, (laughs) but I can share that with you. And I think everybody should have somebody like that. And the content calendar is really great. Like you said, like, because we can both see it. And so we can both know like, you know, we have to stick to it. And, um, that accountability is really important. Like we, um, just an example, like we started working with a financial planner like a few months ago. And just because I feel like I want to make sure that like with all this freedom I have in my job, that I'm using any money that we make from it wisely. And like, he can see all of our accounts. So like knowing that, like, I can't, go to Target every day (laughs) and spend a ton of money on baby clothes and whatever, like office supplies and stuff like that, because somebody is watching me.
0: Yeah. It's always good to have somebody watching you.
1: Like that. And that, and it's not necessarily like that he is even paying that much attention to my accounts uh, or that you're paying that much attention to my calendar, but that we know we've made this promise to each other. That we are going to do this today. And so that's kept us really on track. And I do think that that it has helped us really grow this year.
0: Yeah, that's huge for me. Like, I feel like that's the number one thing that's helped me in this past year because there were some days, like, before we had that, that I'd be like, oh, I don't know what I'm gonna work on. Like, I would spend time figuring out what I was gonna work on. But now, like, I'll sit down on a Sunday or whatever and kind of just load my calendar for the next week or two. And and then I don't have to think about what I'm going to do. I took that out of the equation and I just get to work and I get more done. And I know that I'm definitely accomplishing more than I would be without it. So you should definitely find yourself an accountability partner if you have not yet.
1: Yeah. And I think we posted a blank um, copy of the of what we use for our like calendar that we share with each other, but it's really just a calendar on a Google spreadsheet. That's all it is. Yeah, nothing <laughs> and we, fancy. And we just write like what we're going to be working on each day. And then when, once we're finished with it, we, we cross it out and that's all it is. We each have a tab in it. So there's like an April tab it, and an Angie tab and we just kind of check in on each other. But and that's another free thing you can do to help your sales and help be more consistent. Like planning is a really good thing, and having that partner is awesome. And so that's free. Blogging's free. Um, you don't necessarily need to run ads to bring your sales back up, but you just need to get yourself out there. And that's something like we're not just telling you this as like a, we're experts. Like you do it. Like we really are doing this right now because back to school concerned us because we didn't get the growth that we wanted to. And so we needed to kind of refocus and we're always really hard on ourselves. So like reminding ourselves to be consistent with the calendar and then be consistent with blogging and sharing on social media, those things always work. So that would be, I guess, our biggest recommendation for anybody whose sales are slipping and you're being hard on yourself. Just do those things, focus on the teachers that you help um, and they it'll come back.
0: Yes, definitely resource creation, you know, dive yourself into a new product, product line and go that route if you want to, like, there's so many things that you can do that you can focus on in a positive way and, and focus on the things that you can control because you can focus on things you can't control all day, every day, and it's really not going to change anything. So, you know, just get yourself moving and, and pick yourself up and get back to work.
1: And if you feel like you failed something, you are not alone. I have made product lines that nobody buys. I've had um, a dip in sales, you know, when when my kids were born. Like there's there's so many times I feel like I failed, but I feel like when I give myself a break. I step back and then take a couple of days off and then get back to work and put, really put myself back into it that it, it's always come back and I've never had it not come back. And usually it's come back bigger and better. So just that. And I think that, that teacher purduers in general have a lot of grit. And so, but sometimes they just need to hear like, it's okay, everyone's failing a lot and they're just not talking about it.
0: <laughs> exactly. And the things you're doing today might not affect you in First for months, months, yeah. you know, for months. So don't think that what you're doing isn't working just because it didn't work within a week. You know, do it for a good solid six months and then reevaluate if, you know, if that's something you need to change or, you know, revisit. And Exactly. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I would love if everybody joined us in our Facebook group, which is growthusmastermind.com. You can post at any time. If you're concerned about something, your sales are dipping, you need advice. Um, you just want like a group to share with. You want to. You can share a failure. <laughs> we do have a week in there where we have people share a struggle. That and everybody always has a struggle, and and a lot of the struggles we're really sharing. But feel free to pop in there and like tell us what you're struggling with. Share something you failed at. Like don't be shy. It's we are all <laughs> struggling to keep our businesses going well. And, um, so yeah, come in and say, hi, it's a safe place. Um, nobody will laugh at you because we're all kind of in the same situation where, um, we really sometimes are seeing missed goals, sales drops. Um, but then other months we have good months and it's just a good community. I like it. Everybody is really friendly in there and, and patient and helpful. Yes.
0: Agreed. And just remember that failing is your first attempt And learning you know you from your failures sometimes come your greatest successes and so failing is part of it and you know that's that and come in and the group and we can chat about it we can all share them and move on from it and be better
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I feel like I failed a lot in the last like five or six years. That (laughs) I oh yeah, would be a long list. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So come share. I'm glad that we we talked about it because I feel like I'm more prepared now to kind of really keep chugging on. And I think we're so our next couple episodes are going to be about blogging since that's something we're going to focus on since it's a good way to like show your products, give teachers value and bring your sales up. So that's what we're going to be talking about the next couple episodes. And hopefully for any people who are struggling um, with sales goals or slipping sales from last year, that the, those episodes will really help you kind of focus and, and get the blogging started. So that I, I'm excited about that.
0: I'm really excited about that too. Yeah. Some People that know more about blogging than, than I do.
1: Yeah, we're excited to talk about WordPress, blogger, blogging strategies. People posted a lot of great ideas. And so we're gonna do some episodes and that'll help us restart our blogging journey and also hopefully help you guys. So all right. Well, thank you for joining me for this kind of depressing conversation, but also (laughs) pretty positive depression. Or (laughs) positive depression. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) on what to do when you aren't meeting your goals or your sales or dipping. Um, But so we're here with all you guys. Come join us in the group. And uh, Angie, I will talk to you later. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye.
0: That's it for the Grow with Angie and April podcast. Make sure to rate and review so that this podcast can continue to reach teacherpreneurs around the globe. You can find the show notes and more about your hosts at growwithuspodcast.com.